Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, I'm Brother Ali. Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles P the Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong. What's going on? Welcome to the first edition of The Come Up Show podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Martin Bauman. And today I have a very special guest for you. The man I'm talking to today may be one of the smartest figures in hip-hop. He holds a master's degree from Simon Fraser University in liberal studies. He also holds the distinguished title, the guy who beat Drake on two separate occasions, first at the 2011 Junos and later in the CBC's list of Canada's greatest rappers of all time, where he finished number two. He was born in Kenya to Rwandan parents and moved to London, Ontario shortly after, where he grew up and started rapping in high school. His first album was financed from winning a radio station competition while in school at Wilfrid Laurier University, and now he's four albums deep with his latest release, Flying Colors, in stores now. If you haven't put it together yet, my guest for today is Shadrack Cabango, otherwise known as Shad K. I caught up with Shad backstage at his homecoming show on the Flying Colors Tour to talk about his latest album, Fighting Fear and Pride, why it's important to remember to remember, and lots more. Take a listen. Since we're in your hometown of London, I thought we could talk about a couple hometown things. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the significance of the embassy to you. Dude. The embassy is, uh, well, to where I saw my first concert. My first non like park rib fest type of concert you know what i mean that wasn't uh you know the nylons or like kim mitchell playing in the park like real saw the far side there i saw master ace there so uh you know it was big for that um and just some of my earliest favorite memories of of playing music of like freestyling with friends and uh was at the embassy did you have any shows there actually yourself hell yeah some great shows really like my first show uh with a group called bread and water was there also my first like solo show really like i did i did one yeah i mean like my first show with my first album i'll say that definitively my first show that i ever had with my first little album was opening for josh martinez there at the embassy at the embassy all right another uh london Institution, yeah. A couple blocks away is London's Central Secondary School. Yep. Did you have any battles at London Central Secondary School? No battles, but my my partner in rhyme, uh, Anton, um, who went by Black Moses at the time, we used to we used to rap there, and uh, and Niles, who was in our group as well with us. Um, so no battles, no battles at Central, but um, we had a group. A little bit of freestyling. We did, we weren't really a group at that time. We became a group later, but I, I used to rap with him there. Um, yeah, man. That was... Uh, so, yeah, no battles, but a little bit of rapping in the cafeteria in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> Even back then, did you... I know you go by Shad, but did you have any other monikers in the high school days? No monikers in the high school days. High school days, just, you know... Getting a slushie at uh, 7-Eleven on Oxford and Adelaide after playing some ball at the barracks. And just sitting on the curb, maybe freestyling a little bit. That was basically the extent of my rapping in high school. 
Okay, another big staple, obviously, for rappers is the ad lib. Mm -hmm. Whatever it be, you know, countless ones I could reference. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried around with any different ad libs? See, my ad lib game is weak. It's a real hole in my game. Some guys are very strong with the ad libs. I would I would rate like Blue as one of the top ad libbers right now in the game. Okay, so what are Blue's ad libs? Because I, I I mean I listen to he Blue, does the Blue Evans, he does the like slow he doubles himself slowly. He'll add a like man blah, like in between you know. He's very good. One of the best better ones in the game. My ad lib game is is pretty weak. Um. So I didn't have much, especially in high school, but um, still working on that aspect of my game. Well, that's where I come in, since recognizing your ad lib game is weak. Yeah. I've done the legwork for you. Okay. I've come up with a couple opportunities, and uh, you'll just have to leave the rest up to fate. Okay. So uh, I'm going to lay these out here for you, and uh, whichever one comes up okay. will be your future ad lib. All right, I like that. I like that. Bit over. Golden Ghost. I like that. <laughs> I so, like that. So tell me, tell me about the Golden Ghost then. The Golden Ghost, I'm trying to imagine right away where I would slip that into my verse, you know what I mean? Obviously to start, you know what I mean? So the chorus is ending. I'm about to come in for my 16. Shake it! Golden Ghost. And then I start, you know what I mean? That's the ad lib right there. Golden Ghost, Central Golden Ghost. Um, For the record, 1996-97 Midget Basketball Champions. I mean... For the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a great time there, man. Five years. I was back in the five years of high school days where you had a whole year to just play cards in the calf, man. It was an important part of a high school education at that point. But I, you know, my last year, I had we had the five years. But this was, uh, yeah, 96, 97. That was my grade nine year. All right. Uh, going back, since, since we're talking about a little bit of hoops right now, your greatest high school basketball memory. Yeah. Greatest high school basketball memory. Probably winning that championship. I, pr- I played very poorly in that game, but it was good. Uh, we played against RMC, who had beat us twice that year, and, um, and I was the point guard of my team. And for some reason, they didn't press. And usually they were like a hardcore pressing team. I was very worried about that, but they just didn't press, so I got to walk the ball up the floor all game, which, if you know me, I enjoy taking my time. Yeah. And uh, so I definitely enjoyed it, even as a 14-year-old. I definitely enjoyed that I could walk the ball up the court. It was nice. Who would you equate your game to, uh, your NBA equivalent? Yeah. I mean, I'll be realistic about my comparison. Like, I'm not going to throw out, like, Kyrie Irving on you. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm like, I'm a, at best, I'm a Jarrett Jack. At best, I'm a Jared Jack. That's on a good day. So explain the comparison then. Uh, bald. <laughs> um, guard. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, just, 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 just feisty, just getting in there. You know, just, just, just forcing the issue. At best, you know, I'll play hard. I'll just force the issue, get in the paint, try to create. Might cause some turnovers in the process, but, you know, I'm not too worried about that. On very good days, I might even say I'm like a quarter of a way to Steph Curry, just because it gets furious. It gets it starts to rain. When it rains, it pours. Are the ankles a problem too? No, the ankles the ankles are good. You see, because I, I have no real 
uh, athleticism, which has prevented injury because I'd never go <laughs> fast enough or jump high enough to really injure myself on a landing. So my ankles are good. My knees are good. My body is good, man. So I might be even be like Steve Nash in the sense I, I could play for a while due to my lack of athleticism. Longevity. Yeah. All right. Final high school question before we get into some more yeah. current yeah. events. This is good. I like the London-centric <laughs> interviews. It's good. What, what significance did uh, the album Equemini have to you in your high school days? Let me, let me just take you back to that moment. 1998. I think it was 1998. Grade 10 or grade 11, I go on a field trip with my disc man because that's what we had. Okay? So I had a stack of CDs I was hyped to listen to. New Brand Nubian album, Black Star album, um, Lauren Hill album, still in rotation. There was a new Razkaz album, and then there was Outcast Equemini. I put Equemini in the disc man. It did not leave my disc man for like <laughs> three months. And I wanted to listen to these other albums. Some of them went on to become, you know, very, very uh, influential albums for me and albums that I love. But that album, I was like, what is this? What is this? What is this? This is a whole other world, you know? It was one of those experiences of, like, you're in an album and you're like, I'm in another world. This is not, this is not normal. That's Equemini. I was going to say, no love for Blackstar? <laughs> that album went on to be a favorite of mine, but, like, I could not put away that Outcast album for a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. You hear, you know, Spodioti when you're 16 for the first time. You're like, what is that? What is that? This next level. So very influential album for me. And that was exactly the, the memory. We went to Toronto on a field trip. And it was time to, you know, hang out with your friends and play around on the bus. I was like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Something happening in my ears. <laughs> Let's talk about Flying Colors. Cool. So you've described this album as uh, kind of the concept of trying your best, uh, even if you fail. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. Um, There were some, there were like certain sentiments that were really inspiring me during that time and inspiring the process. And that was one of them, you know, that was, uh, that came to be sort of a new definition for me of the word faith almost is a belief that trying is worth it even if you fail. That's what it means. You know, somebody put forth, I remember one, one time in conversation, she, uh, a friend of mine, when I say she, was talking to her class. She said, okay, let's say you walk by a burning house. There's a kid in the window screaming for help. And you go in to save that kid, and you die. And the kid dies. Was it worth doing? Or is that a good thing to do? And I said... And I said, that's a really interesting question to like ask your class, because to me, that is like the question of faith. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to try, even if you fail? Was that worth it? I don't know. That, the the kind of all the feelings and the thoughts and, you know, that's a heavy thought. That's a heavy question. And I think questions like that and ideas like that were what inspired this album, what kept me stimulated and gave me a lot to think about and write about. Dig into the prop bag once again. Cool. Um, so this is this comes on your album's liner notes. You have a quote at the very end. I have yeah. to find it here. But basically, if you could explain the significance of that quote to you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the significance of this quote. I mean, I think I was reading. I was reading this at the end of making this album, and I I think I felt like that quote summed up a lot of summed up a nice place to kind of end. You know what I mean? And I think like Long John and Thank You and some of those songs, Remember to Remember, kind of fall on a similar point for me of like just perspective on things. You know what I mean? Perspective on success and failure which are two concepts I wanted to explore in the album and and the idea that um wow just like it says here you know like that we are beloved and so is everyone else you know what I mean it's like I say on remember to remember we only feel better when we feel like we're better then you know like it's it's a strange result I think of just our capitalist society is just like and maybe something in our nature is just competitive, and there's nothing wrong with with competition, you know, maybe generally speaking or broadly speaking, but there's something wrong with that idea. We only feel better when we feel like we're better then. Why can't, why can't we be... I think there's a moments in my mind where I understand that, that I'm great and so is everyone else. And I think that's the best place to be in and the best place to work from, you know? Like Kanye had an interview recently where he said people that love my music it's because they believe in themselves and he said I believe in me and I make music to help people believe in themselves and and believe they can be great too I, I there's some other some of the I think it's Mark Twain said like real greatness makes people believe they can be great too it's not that kind of the kind of greatness that belittles people that's not greatness at all you know I think it's like more small-minded people people who need to be better than that try to pull everybody else down you know so, yeah, I think that's kind of what that, that summed up to me. It, again, it's hard to put into words, which is, I guess, why you make something like this, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's hard to sum up very neatly. But uh, I like that idea, you know? I really like that idea that we all have just a little piece to contribute. And that's a beautiful thing, you know what I mean? Like, we all have our piece, so that's, that's that, man. Uh, this is a quote that comes from the intro, yeah. Lost. Uh, you say... This life is a hell, steps from heaven, mm-hmm. fears a jail, I'm in a cell next to legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain the significance of that line. Yeah. Uh, I like that. This life is a hell, steps from heaven. I think that's like, uh, to me it speaks to like a little bit of like a hopeful thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like if you think about the world, there's a lot of bad, but part of me feels like we're just that close from something good. And also, I think it speaks to, like, our mindsets because, like, you know, a lot can shift just in your perspective. Like, it, I, I find I have moments where, like, I'm really down and in, a, in an instant almost I feel better. Why? Because suddenly I remember to be grateful for things. And, like, my, my actual mood and my mentality and my psychology has changed. My outlook on the whole world has changed in an instant. You know, that to me is, like... This life is a hell steps from heaven. It's like it's kind of it's kind of always right there, you know. It's kind of always simultaneously true that the world is the worst and the best at the same time. And uh so that's what that kind of speaks to and and I say fear is a jail jail I'm in a cell next to legends. That was my way to kind of, you know, transition to to Kevin and and to Relic on another track. Just kind of like we're all in the same thing you know it's kind of interesting to think of like yeah we're all just like in this in the in the in the prison of fear sometimes but we're there with 
we're there with the next great person. You know, we're all trapped by fear once in a while. So I kind of like that spin on it. It's interesting that you mentioned um, needing to remember to be grateful. Because uh, one of the recurring things that you say throughout the album is remember to remember. Uh, tell me about the meaning of that phrase to you. That's a, that was a very significant phrase for me while I was working on this album. Because I felt like and I feel like that's what I do now all the time. You know what I mean? In my own in my own private personal meditations and it's like I'm just rem- I'm just like reminding myself of the same things over and over. The same stuff we're talking about right now. I'm like, why do I have to wake up and remind myself of that every day? But I do. Because I get up and I roll out of bed and I hop on my email or I hop on, you know, Google or Facebook and see what's going on and I'm suddenly distracted and disoriented I need to like I'm like I need to take a second I need to remember what I'm here to do you know which is just contribute my small piece and that's something I have to remind myself of every day you know so to me it's almost like really the whole work is I just have to remember to take that time to remember that's it you know um that's it because um it's it's really not that complicated. Life isn't that complicated. It can't be or else it wouldn't be fair. You know? I think it's not that complicated, but you do have to work hard to take time and just remember some important things, you know? Moving to another song off the album, Fam Jam. Yeah. Uh, you've related this to uh, Bonnie Sher Klein when she was getting inducted to the Order of Canada. She mm-hmm. said, uh, I'm beginning not to recognize this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about that resonated to you? Yeah. um, Well, that was something that I felt, you know, I don't follow politics super closely, but it's a thing you can kind of feel, you know, and you can you see these different policies creep up and you're like, wait a second. Like this isn't the country that these are the values that we're proud of. This isn't the country we're proud of when you hear about um, medical medical care for refugees, you know, being taken away um, and things of that nature, even like. Or even, yeah, or even, you know, Aboriginal rights. I mean, what's going on in in New Brunswick right now and people's right to protect their land. And it's like, this isn't the Canada that we're proud of. This isn't the Canada that we that we want to be proud of, you know. And it just made me think, like, listen, these values, I think that they're great that define our country. But it they don't just stay there. You know what I mean? Like, we have to progress them. They're not it's not like we got it right. It's like we started going in the right direction and we have to keep going in that direction. We can progress these values, you know what I mean? Like they can be, we can like get closer and closer to equality, you know, if we move in that direction. Uh, and if we don't, I don't know, it's scary. Or if, or if not scary, sad, you know? Um, so it was cool putting out that video and then like right the day before I read that thing and it was like, that would be a great thing to share alongside the video. You know, you're talking about uh, being able to progress these things. Um, so I will relate that to the song Progress. Right. Uh, it's really interesting that you call the song Progress when the yeah. things that you're describing, especially in the second half, yeah. um, seem to be the complete opposite of progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of those ones that is just this abstract kind of song. You know what I mean? Um, and most of my songs and most rap songs in general is like at this well at least right now it's like it's like personal 
conversational kind of stuff, you know, whether it's Drake or J. Cole, Kanye, you know, it's like we've gotten used to this thing where people talk in very straightforward conversational terms about their real life concrete events and stuff like that. Whereas this song was like out of that mode and just like, so that's the first thing I'll say about it. As far as like calling it progress, see, it was hard to title because it was just like abstract and, and, and I was just connecting with feelings and the images were coming out of feelings. But I thought that I felt like the, the, the images, what they were describing was something about progress or empire or something like that, you know, and our idea of what progress is because yeah, I mean, in a sense, like I'm definitely like a progressive in a lot of ways, but I think just like there's 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 um just like there's definitions of success I don't agree with, there's definitions of progress also I think that are problematic, mm-hmm. and I think the song speaks to that a little bit. I think the song speaks to that a little bit uh yeah, let's talk about another song then uh dreams mm-hmm. you, the the chorus is something that really stuck out to me saying we think to our emotional and drink to our sociable again. Mm-hmm. Can you dig into that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the first time I think I ever noticed that pattern was probably at Laurier, which was like, you start to notice this pattern of like, oh man, exams, crazy, study, 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 study. Ugh, I'm done. Drink, 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 drink. Ugh, I'm sick. What? I just wasted a week. Got to study, study, study. It's just like, Wow. It's kind of crazy. It's like insane pattern of like we get so stressed and then we got to blow off steam. How do we blow off steam, you know? It's just like weird. Um, and the way our world moves so quickly, like we don't really have time to sit and think about. We don't really have a ton of time to think about just the way our world works. We just kind of, in order to survive, we have to hop in and just do it. And uh, that's kind of what it spoke to for me. This is from another interview that you've done. This is very well researched, by the way. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. This is, uh, this is an interview that you did. You say, most times you find happiness comes from being able to forget yourself. Uh-huh. Um, can you elaborate on that thought? Mm-hmm. Um, just in my own experience, we'll take writing, for example, writing lyrics. Um, I find the best lyrics come to me in two places. One is... Uh, either some kind of like very deliberate like spiritual meditation prayer or something like that or in the shower and the common denominator I discovered or at least I, my guess is the common denominator is those are the two places where I'm not thinking about myself my mind is just it's on other people it's on higher principles it's on nothing at all because I'm just you know in the shower so you'd equate creativity and happiness in that sense. So I think that there's something about that, the fact that, you know, I'm creative in those spaces. But also I think, like, um, I've also had a very curious experience, which is, like, something good happens to me, for example. And I think about it, and I'm happy. And then if I think about it for two more minutes, I'm suddenly depressed about it. Because there's always some element of it that is potentially depressing. So, say for example, I win an award. That's great. I'm stoked. That's awesome. Get to share this with my fans. That's great. 
Oh, I wonder what the backlash is going to be. I wonder what that's going to mean now. Maybe there's more pressure. Suddenly I'm depressed about it. Mm-hmm. If I could for, just forget about it, if I could just be, be like, nice, that's great, think about it enough and leave it in its place, move on with my life and what I need to do, I'd be happier, you know? So I'd say both of those experiences kind of speak to that fact that, yeah, I think a lot of happiness comes from forgetting about yourself. Creativity is a great example because that's when you're just like in your work. You're just lost in your work. You're just enjoying your work. And there's something that's pure joy. That's pure joy. Like when I'm on stage, that's the place I'm always trying to get to is when I'm not thinking about what I'm doing anymore. Not thinking about me, not thinking about anything. I'm just in the song and I'm in an interaction and experience with the audience we talked about Remember to Remember already. I think another big theme on the album is dealing with both fear and pride mm-hmm. and how to manage those. And this is something actually you talk about on Remember to Remember, mm-hmm. saying um, the enemy isn't the flesh and blood, thugs and cynics. We're fighting fear and pride for the love within us. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about this line. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's probably other evils in the world, but if I could identify possibly the two biggest um, or at least two of the biggest, I'd say they're fear and pride, you know? Making decisions out of fear, <laughs> fear-based decisions. <laughs> I've broadened that definition dangerously to the point of potentially trivializing it um, in St. Catharines because we got barbecue for dinner instead of, like, a pita wrap, which would have been safe. And I was really happy, and I said if we got the pita wrap, it would have been a fear-based decision. <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, I mean, I think those are two of the biggest, you know, evils, two of the biggest hindrances, you know. Um, And a lot of the main, to me, a lot of the main task in life is just overcoming those, you know. Again, back to, almost back to the remember to remember thing of like, you might be pissed off at so-and-so or whatever. But uh, I'll illustrate with an example. I was playing pickup a couple summers ago, and this guy was one of those like aggro dudes that you play pickup with, you know what I mean? And he just like kind of yells at people all the time. And I was just like, man, this guy is just pissing me off. Like, dude, it's just pickup. Like, you know. Yeah. And then, so I was really pissed off at this guy, and I thought this guy was like my problem. And I thought about it for a couple of days, and I'm like, actually. I think what really pissed me off is the fact that I didn't really say anything to him. So really, really what was making me upset was like my own reaction. Like the fact that like sort of my pride was offended and I, I, you know, I didn't have the sort of, I didn't have the sort of courage and self-respect in that moment to, to stand up for myself. So the problem wasn't him exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's like, that's it. Like, that's what I mean when I say, you know, it's fear and pride. It's like, I feel like that's really the enemy. Any, you know, human beings are all the same and we all have our issues or whatever. But, yeah. One more line off of that song that interested me was that you're saying, the truth is, the truth is bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that line. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot about about that line because that whole verse came out of that was like the last verse aside from Long John. That's the last verse I wrote for the album. 
because I was thinking at that time a lot about violence in the world and not just physical violence but just just the violence of, of competition and power that is just a dynamic that is like what our whole society rests on is that dynamic of power um, and competition it's just we're a competition based society so I was thinking a lot about that and I was very I guess troubled by that. Troubled by, I guess the song "Peace" came out of that from the Spring Up EP Spring up, yeah. that I worked on with Scratch Bassett. So that verse really helped me resolve something in my mind. There's a long, long story about that, but basically, I like the idea that um, we live in a violent society, competition-based society. But there is, uh, there is a truth out there. There is still love in the world. There's still grace in the world. There's still the capacity for compassion and honesty. And that's unassailable. That's not, um, you know? There's something about that that can't die, basically. There's something about that that can't be defeated, no matter how much power or money or whatever. That will essentially always carry on and in a sense always prevail even if even if not materially in the outcomes not like you know the nice guys always win or whatever but the truth you can't you can suppress it but you cannot destroy it it will always kind of be there it will always prevail in the end i think that's kind of what that means but again you know these are like big ideas big concepts big feelings that's why you have to make a whole thing like this. Yeah. That's why people will go on making these forever, you know, because it's a lot there. It somehow it expresses something that words can't. Yeah. Another lyric, last lyric I'll quote. Uh, this one comes from Thank You. Okay. You say, a proud man that's maneuvered through hardships. They'll say you can't. You can do it regardless. Uh, tell me how that has reflected in your own life. Yeah. Um, I think about even, like, just doing this as a career, you know? such a bad idea such a profoundly bad idea of a thing to pursue you know what I mean um, the example that always comes to mind is I think of I think of Steve Nash two-time league MVP from Victoria British Columbia if you probably asked anybody if if you thought you know that knew Steve Nash at the time if you thought you could be MVP of the NBA I'd probably be like no we didn't think he was that good. If you ask Steve Nash, he'd probably say, I didn't think I was that good. But I bet you there was something deep inside him that thought, I could be that good. I bet you anything. There was a part of him that felt like, I think I could be that good. If I keep working hard, I think I can be that good. And I think that's what I mean by that. You know, I think that like when people say you can do anything if you believe in yourself, I feel like there's like two sides to that. I can't believe that I can win the hundred meter sprint. I can't believe it because I can't believe I can't believe it. You can say I can't do it because I can't believe it, but I also think I can't believe it because I can't do it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there are certain things you might have the potential to do, and only you might be the only one that knows that, and that's the thing you have to believe in. You know, it's really in you. You know, um, and it's there, and it's there for a reason. So, I really think, for me, like, 
this experience of working in music, getting to make four albums, getting to share music with people, that's the thing that kind of uh, makes me feel like, wow. Because I remember being like 20 and being like, I kind of think, I kind of think I can do this. But I feel like that's crazy to think because everybody probably thinks they can do this. Of course, it's just rapping. It's just saying words that sound the same and putting them close together. Everyone thinks they can do that. But part of me was like, no, I think I can do this. You know? Mm -hmm. Here I am. On your song, we'll go back to the intro again, actually. Yeah. You say, deliver every John like your last song. Mm -hmm. And I think you've talked to, I don't know if it was George or Gian, when you say that um, you never know if, it's, if each album is going to be your last one. Yeah. Was there a point during this process when you thought this might be your last album? Yeah, I mean, there's always... I don't have the... I'm, like, not at the level in my career where there's, like... A million fans waiting for me if, you know, if I'm not good on a couple projects, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have that kind of stability. I don't have that kind of security. I don't think at this point. But aside from that side of it, of like maybe fans won't be interested, like, I, I've never felt like I'll always have something to give. Like, every time I'm making an album, that might even be more the thing, really. Every time I'm making an album, I'm feeling like, I know this is what I have right now, but I actually don't know if beyond this project I'll have more to give that's worth, you know, giving. So it, it's good. I feel like it's good, man. It just makes me go hard. It makes me go very hard. With that in mind, then, what does the future hold for you? Um, you know, more music. I already, usually when I'm done an album, I'm kind of not in that headspace anymore, but I'm like already down. I'm like already working on new stuff, so... Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah, man. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about Shad, you can go to thecomeupshow.com. We've got a track-by-track -track breakdown of his album Flying Colors, plus an interview with Scratch Bastard about the Spring Up EP, and of course, lots more. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at The Come Up Show. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Music